Welcome. You are listening to a recording provided for the use of the blind and print impaired. Materials or items read on Airs LA are the copyright property of the original authors and publishers. No unauthorized use or duplication is permitted. I'm Ernesto Sambrano. Today's article is by Sam Schub from the July 2022 edition of GQ. Bayes Clan's Grand Plans, Part 1. Please note, this is a men's magazine, and as such, may include offensive topics or language. How a ragtag collective of infamous gamers, esports stars, and YouTube creators, plus the people who are transforming their exploits into a billion-dollar valuation, is aiming to change the entertainment industry as we know it. Not long ago, I walked into a hulking warehouse. Technically, three warehouses conjoined into a gleaming, concrete-floored corporate campus, complete with a 20-foot astroturf staircase in Los Angeles. Though now the headquarters of the gaming and esports conglomerate FaZe Clan, the building was once home to a Hollywood prop warehouse, and traces of its former tenant were still visible. 30-foot bow-trussed ceilings, immense doorways, an open-air elevator equipped with an enormous metal hook. But to FaZe Clan co-founder Richard Bankston, the compound reminded him of something else. It looks like a Call of Duty map, bro. This was fitting. Bankston, under the gamertag FaZe Banks, made a name for himself in the early 2010s producing videos of his exploits inside the first-person shooter Call of Duty. When he started, the idea of playing video games for work seemed far-fetched. It was like me telling you that I can make a living professionally chugging water, Bankston said. That doesn't make sense. How the fuck are you going to do that? We sank into an enormous couch in the company's luxurious new office. Two employees idly skateboarded in circles across the polished floor. A few weeks later, a 20-foot mini-ramp in phase colors would be built in one corner. Bankston, along with his friend and phase co-founder Thomas Oliveira, better known as Phase Temper, explained to me how a group of video game streamers, YouTube creators, and social media personalities had grown, seemingly overnight, into a multimedia enterprise with 130 or so employees, many of them recruited from CAA and the NFL and the music industry, heading for a billion-dollar debut on the stock market. Bankston and Oliveira started at the beginning. After meeting online, they joined a national collective of Call of Duty gamers called FaZe Clan. FaZe had gained traction producing a video series called Ill Cams. Kill Cams without the K, Oliveira explained. Attitude-heavy montages of violent deaths captured by the game's Kill Cam. This wasn't competitive gaming, exactly. It was a sort of punk-inspired way of operating within the Call of Duty universe. Oliveira likened it to different sports entirely. It's got the skateboarding dynamic of the tricks and the complication, he said, along with the humiliation aspect of dunking on someone, all tidily wrapped up into skate-inspired videos. By 2012, the group had a million subscribers on YouTube. For FaZe members, success was less about technical excellence inside Call of Duty than entertainment value on YouTube. They had to be exceptional at their chosen games, but also charming and compelling in the videos they produced, some of which didn't even include gameplay. The group had come of age online and grew up on social media. Showing their faces outside gaming videos came naturally. Viewers couldn't get enough of it. By 2017, by which point the FaZe Collective of gamers and content creators had grown to include professional esports teams, the group moved into a series of mansions in Los Angeles that they repurposed as content houses. They fit right in in Hollywood. These days, Bankston is more likely to post an Instagram video from a nightclub than from his gaming setup. He attributed FaZe's initial popularity and staggering growth in part to the fact that they didn't look like the stereotypical gamers. It's that hunched-over, super antisocial, overweight kid. The nerd, right? 
he said. Obviously, me and Tommy are both six foot five, tattooed, fuck girls and party, all that shit. The kids we lived with were way less cool than us, but they were still cool though. Over the past few years, FaZe Clan has matured into a category-busting business, more or less unprecedented in the history of entertainment. They are definitely among those groups of emerging media companies that you have to pay attention to because they are a sign of a trend, explained Matthew Bellani, a founding partner at Puck who writes a newsletter about the entertainment business. And the trend is towards esports and the creator-driven digital economy of content. Most of the company's output exists online, in a web of loosely interconnected content nodes. There's FaZe's own YouTube channel, which keeps its more than 8 million subscribers up to date with clips of the group's exploits. Some members still make gaming videos for their own YouTube channels. Others, like FaZe Rug and FaZe Adapt, have moved into producing viral videos, like prank clips. Then there are the individual Twitch streams of popular gamers like FaZe Nickmerks and FaZe Swag. The company's 11 esports teams, groups of gamers who excel at Fortnite or Counter-Strike or Rocket League, compete in tournaments broadcast on digital platforms and sometimes on cable. And then there are the Instagram accounts of members, like Oliveira and Bankston, who have parlayed their years of grinding out Call of Duty clips into audiences large enough to turn them into relatively traditional social media influencers. When we met, Oliveira was deep in training for a boxing match in London against another YouTuber, following the blueprint established by Jake and Logan Paul, while Bankston had thrown himself headlong into Web3. Their inordinate success has afforded them a rare privilege. After years of gaming and streaming and gaming some more, they no longer have to play video games for a living. Chugging water, Bankston explained, had somehow become a very lucrative career. Obviously, we're rich now. We got bread. I've been living in mansions since I lived in L.A. Crazy, disgusting houses. Fucking 20-bedroom houses with lakes in the backyard. Everybody's driving sports cars and wearing Richard Millis and shit. But as I waded deeper into FaZe's waters, I struggled more, not less, to understand what sort of company FaZe Clan was. It was tangly, complicated, simultaneously frivolous, and disarmingly prescient. Some days, it resembled an old-school talent-driven content play. Others, a paradigm-shifting future builder. The answer seemed to change depending on who I was talking to, and when and where we had the conversation. For most businesses, this sort of existential uncertainty, or rather, the inability of most people on the outside to say what it is exactly you do here, would be a very bad thing. But FaZe Clan is betting that this indeterminacy, along with its reach and ambition, will allow it to be nothing less than a prime shaper of the future of entertainment. Cards on the table. I'm not much of a gamer. I own a PlayStation, but pull it out of the closet only for emergencies. I prefer a game of FIFA against a friend to Fortnite against a stranger. I know plenty of people who play video games, but I know fewer people who proudly identify as gamers, or, more pressingly, seem likely to spend money on goods meant for gamers. I hadn't heard of FaZe Clan until a couple of years ago, when I read about its plans to put the YouTuber FaZe Rug into a full-length feature film. Kai Henry, who joined the company as Chief Strategy Officer at the end of 2020, explained that the group's sometimes confounding appeal actually had more in common with traditional stardom narratives than I'd realized. It started with the most aspirational thing that could happen, he said. A bunch of regular kids meet on the internet, playing games, and then they become fucking rock stars. That's a 2,000-year-old fucking story. More than that, he continued, the way they came to prominence ensured their stickiness. Whereas an older generation of movie fans had managed to form a relationship with Tom Cruise, despite his only showing up in their lives at specific intervals, once or twice a year, for two hours at a time, and in magazines and on late-night shows, 
and under very specific conditions, inside a dark, cold, sticky floored and popcorn-smelling room, or in print or on TV. FaZe fans saw their favorite creators multiple times a week, and saw them doing the same things they did themselves, playing video games and joking with their friends. A whole generation of people got to watch that happen, Henry said, keying in on FaZe Clan's initial advantage in the marketplace. That's cemented in a certain way, and it's different than raising $200 million from some VC firm and starting an esports group. There's a reason that venture capitalists are eager to get into gaming. FaZe's investor deck cites a report that pegs the number of gamers worldwide at 3 billion people, while in a 2021 Deloitte survey, Gen Z participants ranked video games as their preferred form of entertainment. Watching TV and movies came in at fifth. Earlier this year, Microsoft announced plans to acquire the game developer and publisher Activision Blizzard for more than $68 billion. And the number of Americans playing video games, along with the amount of time they spent playing them, boomed during the pandemic, though those numbers seemed to slow down as restrictions eased. While FaZe hasn't always been the biggest or most successful gaming organization, in 2020, Forbes ranked it the fourth most valuable in the esports space. It is perhaps the most popular among the cool kids. Musicians like Snoop Dogg and Lil Yachty are members, as are athletes like Arizona Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray. If I'm not on the field and I'm not working out, I'm probably playing video games, Murray told me. So being able to join FaZe, which is to me like the Nike of gaming organizations, fits my personality, my brand. Lee Trink was deep into a long career in the music business when he read a story about the near Super Bowl-sized audience garnered by an esports event. He thought he might start taking on gaming clients, starting with FaZe. What he found was what you'd get if a bunch of 20-somethings had started making an enormous amount of money basically by accident. There was some merch going on, and then we had a few esports teams, he explained one night in the living room of his home in the Hollywood Hills. But it was hard to call it a business. In 2018, Trink joined as CEO. The goal was clear, to build a business on top of the unprecedented connection FaZe members had forged with their audience. That meant growing, and quickly. Trink estimates that some 60% of the company's employees have joined in the past two years. Many of them, like Trink and Henry, come from the music business. FaZe has erected a unique vertically integrated entertainment business around its talent. Talent managers help its members build their own brands, secure deals and partnerships, and then spin those partnerships into further content. The design team maintains a thriving merch business in the corporeal realm, and is working on building the same inside the digital world one of a number of Web3-related dreams. The company is not yet profitable. It reported a net loss of nearly $37 million in 2021 on about $53 million in revenue. The lion's share of it coming from sponsorship, Trink tells me. But it plans to go public, at an implied valuation of $1 billion, by merging with the publicly traded special purpose acquisition company, SPAC, in the first half of 2022. Daniel Sherbman who runs the SPAC FaZe is set to merge with, put it this way. I view FaZe as almost like a holding company. It's an IP company. And then the verticals underneath that. You've got merchandise. You've got esports. You've got sponsorships. You've got wholly owned IP and content creation. To his mind, that FaZe can be difficult to define is what makes it powerfully appealing. When we think about it from a financial perspective, esports are insignificant here, he explained. Now, from a brand perspective and a company perspective, it is extremely important. But what FaZe has done differently is built out a holistic media entertainment company, which is in the early innings, but is a true business nonetheless. But FaZe fans, while legion, have specific ideas about what FaZe should do and be. Scaling the company, 
by doing deals with mega brands like McDonald's, say, or tiptoeing out of gaming and into traditional entertainment, requires a certain amount of finesse. As Henry explained it to me, businesses across the corporate spectrum are now learning that you should have underrepresented people at the tippy top of your organization, sniff testing things. You need that cultural lens so that you are doing the right thing. A company like FaZe, which operates in the uniquely hard-to-parse realm of youth culture, requires that too. But also, he said, something else. An engine in your company that's comprised of people that have innate knowledge of the culture. Which is to say, very young employees who must be empowered to propose the right Instagram-sourced artist to design a fire collab, or to suggest that a prospective deal is whack. I mean that literally. One day I met with a few of what FaZe calls its ideators, 20-something creatives who are tasked with making sure the company's financial interests don't get too far ahead of its audience. One ideator had pink hair, another green. All wore lots of vitamins, the post-irony luxury fashion label that catapulted Balian Saga designer Demna Gavasalya onto the scene. Brandon Dalton, very tall and very skinny and wearing raver boots, described his role as internal consultant, pretty much for executives. The pitch, he explained, goes like this. You worked at Capitol Records for 20 years, but I've been in gaming for 10 years. I can help. In this industry, you need to have a two-headed monster, pretty much. I have business acumen to an extent. I got a bachelor's degree in business. But it's nice to have a CEO of a company do the business stuff, and then me do the creative stuff. Dalton's fellow ideator, Connie Ashford, felt the same way. I've worked at cool companies, he said. It's the same as any other company where they've got these people who have been there for 10 years. They can do no wrong. They have the final say on everything. Yeah, maybe they'll entertain you for a second, but really, it's what they want to do. And we were actually given a platform at FaZe to make a change and to have our expertise and our viewpoints really heard by executives, really heard by people who understand. Hey, this is about culture and always has been about culture. Perhaps the most tangible way FaZe has of exporting that culture is merchandise. It sells a constantly updating selection of t-shirts and hats, as well as limited collections like lace-up hoodies released in collaboration with the Los Angeles Kings and mouse pads adorned with the designs of pop artist Takashi Murakami. The traditional rules of fashion don't quite apply here. As Derek Chestnut, the company's vice president of consumer products, explained, a kid cares about as much about having a cool brand on his mouse pad as his t-shirt now, because that's where he spends time with his friends and that's part of his outfit. They don't even see the shoes he's wearing, right? And they don't even see the pants he's wearing either. Not incidentally, he noted, FaZe doesn't do a great business in bottoms. Still, I wonder why, for all its supposed success and penetration of hard-to-reach markets, I hadn't seen the company's goods anywhere outside its offices. An esports championship might occasionally outdraw a World Series game, but Yankees caps, at least in my corner of the corporeal realm, still outnumbered FaZe ones. Chestnut gently suggested that I might be thinking about this the wrong way. FaZe Clan doesn't want to sell hats, or more accurately, it does, but not as badly as it wants to sell keyboard accessories, mouse pads, and all the other peripherals likely to appear in the background of a FaZe fan's stream. The FaZe hat, he explained, isn't actually a hat. Gear like a mouse pad is the hat you wear inside, Chestnut said. Bro, these kids don't go outside. You need pants to go outside. That brings us to the end of today's article, FaZe Clan's Grand Plans, Part 1. If you want to learn more about Airs LA and the types of programs we offer, Follow us by clicking on any of the social media links at the top of our webpages. If you like what you see or hear, please click the like button. This podcast is for the sole use of our blind, low vision, and print impaired listeners. Any unauthorized use is prohibited. I'm Ernesto Sambrano, and I'll be back soon with another article. 
Thanks for listening.